It's Monday the 9th of December 2019. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by the president of Reykjavik City Council, mathematician Pavel Bartoszek, and by David Kjartan Gestson from Roof's Culture Desk. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Um, later today, we record the fourth and final The Week in Iceland at the Library programme, uh, where a small audience will discuss issues brought up in this very programme, so we need to be extra exciting. Um, I'll give more details on the library project at the end of the programme. But first, here's the news. Uh, The Commissioner of the National Police is bowing to pressure and stepping down, but not without a significant and slightly controversial financial settlement. Iceland performed worse in last year's PISA testing of teenage writing, mathematics and natural science skills, not only lagging behind the other Nordic countries, but also getting worse in some areas between surveys. A new third tier is set to be added to the income tax system, with the aim of helping lower earners pay less tax overall. Reykjavik City was embroiled in a mini-storm over the cost of holding council meetings, but the initial figures released turned out to be wrong. Hollywood has been in a bad mood with Hapnafjörður, and the singer Björgvin Haltosson has been stuck in the middle. And new plans have been revealed to make the Hlemur transport interchange into a pleasant outdoor space free of cars. So where would you like to begin? Well, I maybe would like to begin with the PISA testing. Uh, so I read that report um, uh, yesterday, and it's also because, in, you know, in Iceland, um, the schooling is on sort of the, the municipality's shoulders. Mm. So um, that was kind of, you know, interesting to read. There was a big sort of supplementary report from uh, from the Icelandic specialists with this report. And one of, you know, one of the things that interested me is... Um, so we're yeah we're we're getting worse in at least two areas, which is reading skills and then sort of science knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mathematical reading seems to be improving slightly, mm-hmm. but uh, then there was a breakdown where people were asked or children were asked, uh, so what do you read? And the interesting thing is that the one thing when you picture a child reading, what do you picture? You usually picture a child reading a book, but the books seem to be the one thing that sort of hold their ground. So there was a very little decrease in the amount of books being read between 2009-2018. What has plummeted is things like newspapers, magazines, comic books. Comic books have, you know, uh, they were sort of, the majority of children read comic books 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now it's really like a very small minority. Mm -hmm. So these are the, the auxiliary, the additional things that children have sort of ceased to read. And we sometimes must sort of remember those things. Maybe it's like, um, you know, I watch my children. They, you know, when um, I was eight, I used to sort of binge watch, we watch Simpsons. And they were came with subtitles. So that sort of forced you to read. You didn't sort of uh, consciously decide, I'm going to spend 15 minutes a day reading. You just did it. But children now, they watch much less subtitled uh, things. They just go straight from uh, dubbed stuff Mm -hmm. to YouTube. So I think that's sort of because we always focus on the schooling system. And it's all often these sort of outside yeah. factors that factor in. Exactly, that's a good point. I think we uh, there is an, we, we have to look more inwards into the yeah. homes and, and how how children are, are uh, yeah their access to to uh, reading material at homes. And this is a good point with um, you know cartoons and, yeah. and the difference between watching a dubbed cartoon and a, and a subtitled one. Uh, it's the same thing with me when I was growing up. Uh, we used to watch uh, subtitled cartoons. Uh, mm-hmm. And and 
I think that actually had an effect on, you know, it, it sort of kickstarted, you know, the necess- necessity for kids to read yeah, bo- it, in some way. Yeah, it both helped the sort of, so sorry, I jump in, it no. both helped the reading skills and mm-hmm. the English skills. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you notice, I mean, like, 20 years ago, you know, I thought that, you know, Icelandic youth was uh, pretty fluent in English compared to, let's say I had an example from Poland where people, you know, on average spoke worse English than they did in Iceland. Mm. It wasn't because of the schooling system. I mean, in Poland, many children learn English from the first, directly from the first grade. Mm. And still, just because of the, you know, amount of the material that was available out there, you know, that was the thing that sort of helped. Is everything dubbed on Polish TV? Oh, I don't really, I don't even want to go into how that's done, but <laughs> I would be ashamed. But no, well, there's, there's a, there's a person, there's a, there's a lector that speaks over uh, some of the, Uh, sentences, so it's like oh. subtitles, but being read out to you. It's not really, uh, uh, so, but that doesn't help uh, the reading skills in the way that no. in countries like in 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 Scandinavia, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's well, yeah. movies are 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 subtitled in in, in cinemas, but in in in, in TV, it mm-hmm. uh, they are not. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, this is yeah. We 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 get the same news now uh, every other year or so about the PISA. Mm-hmm. Results and and we we've been reading the same news item for at least eight years. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, uh, okay. If I could jump in there, yeah. um, you're explaining why the results may be getting worse. That's mm-hmm. one thing. But why are the results getting worse compared to the other Nordic countries? Because they're all doing the same thing. I presume their children uh, yeah. are in the same position by and large. Mm, that's a good question. Well, it's a good question. It's a very dangerous question uh, to ask a politician because they will probably come up with you know drugs and TV and computer games and mm-hmm. then try to combat that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't uh, really know, uh, but I mean, th- these are sort of the uh, you know guesses I would be making that uh, the amount of material that you're being forced to read uh, or The amount of people you'll be unconsciously forced to read has been getting has been decreasing. So you sort of kind of can get away with with uh, reading less, and 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 this is something I've uh, sort of I know. But you know, the text uh, reading material is not on the decline. There's I guess more. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on the internet. We spend a lot of time reading things and mm-hmm. things like that. But in an essence, I think like the amount of quality articles being written. Mm-hmm. Has, has has decreased. I mean, I, uh, you know, lots of stuff you read is sort of just you know being written in one minute, and there's sort of less amount I think of of, of high quality stuff. But uh, yeah, the, the question is, what are Nordics doing? I don't know. Often and also, you know, a mathematician must jump jump in. Some of these differences are, you know, on on the scale that it's maybe a little dangerous to jump jump to big conclusions because you know it's sometimes a few decimal points and we shouldn't just you know repeat everything that Denmark is doing because you know maybe they just have a different sample than we are mm-hmm. yeah yeah and as a mathematician you mentioned that yeah. th- those numbers are getting better slightly yeah they are so uh, so, so the, there's the, hope <laughs> yeah yeah of, of course but i mean and, and you know i've i'm not one of the pisa critics because i think that you having international Uh, standards is good. I mean, it's of of course you can you know get distracted, but it's even simpler to get distracted without any sort of criteria at all. Mm. So I think that that's help. It it would be easier for somebody to claim that we had the best educational system in the world uh, without those kind of reality checks. Mm-hmm. But of course we must mention that there are other fields where people come from all over abroad to Iceland to sort of witness how things are being done. I mean, uh, reading education is not one of them, but I mean, we do have, you know, 
relatively healthy young people and 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 you know the well-being and the sort of you know overall happiness mm-hmm. among among our children is is higher than other other places so uh, so uh, there are things that others can learn from us but there are definitely things yeah. that we can learn from others yeah. i do get the impression that the icelandic school system is quite inclusive quite welcoming quite enjoyed by the people going through it which isn't the case in every country yeah if you yeah. just strictly beating them into reading all day long it's not <laughs> right. necessarily a better thing i don't know no yeah but just sort of so to add one thing into that we must also be a bit careful not to jump to uh, these sort of prejudices towards other countries um i mean not, i'm not saying that you you were but you know like asian countries are often to perform quite well oh. in math and sciences mm-hmm. and you know when you say that people get the impression that you have sort of uh, you know uniform uh, class of people sitting with a very strict uh, guidelines and very boring textbooks but I've like um, I've studied for example you know math and science textbooks in Asian countries when I was in university and they seem to be quite sort of uh, let's say just fun i mean they they do inf- emphasize a lot creative thinking and things like that so mm-hmm. so we also you know we have to learn from people and we have to learn from people from many different yeah. continents yeah. very good point yeah. very good point uh, yeah uh, just uh, yeah uh, I, i think this is also an issue uh, parents need to be uh, also responsible for for uh, for their children and and uh, and i think that this is this is a case that we we need to uh uh yeah not hammer down or something but yeah parents need to help uh, children to to get to know yeah yeah <laughs> literature and reading at at home mm. uh, and i think this is also <laughs> i, I this is also maybe a, a question about you know interior design <laughs> because uh, there's this is a small hobby of mine uh, when i when i leave through uh, real estate uh, uh, adverts, adverts and and i i try to see uh, count how many books are uh, in homes mm. and uh, this of course also matters that that there mm-hmm. are books in 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 homes and that you know reading and and seeing books uh, while growing up is just a normal thing to do uh, not just something that you have to do in school but you need to see your parents reading your parents need to read to you uh, so it's just a a normal way of being absolutely right uh, let's move on to something else mm-hmm. perfect introduction topic there um but there's so much This is the first week in a long time where all of the topics I've brought to the table I would love to talk about, but we never get time to go through all of them. So uh, there's the police commissioner, the tax income tax bracket, uh, Hollywood stars, um, the, the the two issues about Reykjavik City Council. I would like to talk about the financial yeah, sure. side of that because uh, you were directly involved. You asked for these figures as the president of the council. Yes, that, that's sort of you know one. Uh, so just to you know give people the background that there was news about you know s- what some people thought was excessive cost of with the council meetings and that's exactly you know just to be clear that's something that I asked about I mean I you know I want this information to be public I want people to know uh, the cost about it and and one of the reason is that um, I felt that um, you know in the recent sort of from the from the elections we had the, the meetings have been getting you know longer and uh, you know maybe it's one of one of the reasons is that we have more council people but but it's just still often just in the culture i mean i've watched a lot just to compare with meetings in city council in other countries like scandinavia and sometimes they take like half an hour sometimes they take two i mean we on average have been taking nine hours 
for uh, one council meeting, which takes place once every two, you know, two weeks. Mm. That's uh, collaborated by Althing as well. They're yeah, by far the longest meetings. Yeah, they, they have they have very meeting-oriented nice culture. Mm. And in, in a way, I think that we've, uh, you know, adapted some of that, I would say, in a way, bad culture mm. in recent uh, times where, where, you know, meetings take... You know, three hours to discuss the subject. That's of of course, uh, you know, democracy is important. It's important for people to know what their representatives think. But I think that most of the things that we discuss could be done in a more productive time, so that also people just follow along. We know that nobody will follow along a nine long hour meeting. Mm-hmm. That just you know. But if if the discussion will be more compact, it would. So I asked for this information, and and you know, it turned out in, initially that. Uh, we got, unfortunately, you know, bad numbers, which sort of exaggerated the cost. Uh, you know, the cost was said to be something like three hundred sixty thousand per meeting just for the food. It turned out to be you know, around half of that, mm-hmm. uh, which I think still could be, you know, cut off uh, substantially by primarily having the meeting shorter. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, uh, something I'm tr- sort of would like to aim for. Um, you know, also because we have a much younger council than we used to, uh, much more people with little children. And kids who just you know want to spend their time uh, in the evenings with their families at home and not just you know in a night long meetings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's sort of my side of it. But I guess there are more <laughs> sides to that than that. <laughs> how how could it come up? Because the 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 only reason, or the the main reason, this was news is because fifteen thousand krona per meal per councillor is so excessive. Yeah. And then it turns out that that wasn't true. How did how could that number be so wrong? Well, what happened is simply that uh, somebody uh, took everything that was booked on the sort of uh, item, which is the city council, mm. and that includes other meetings than the city council meetings. So mm. essentially all the meetings that are sort of held uh, under the auspices of, of city council were included in there. Mm. And what, what, Was the overtime pay of the... the no, uh, no, no, there was... No, no so, so in this number, what is included is mm. primarily food, yeah. And the cost of uh, sort of broadcasting, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is done like, I mean, as again, we've, and, and interesting enough, we have cut down those costs since these numbers were published. Mm-hmm. I mean, our our broadcasting cost has, uh, you know, been halved, I think. So it was around, you know, 600, 700,000 per meeting. Mm-hmm. It's now gone down to 300,000. But I mean, still, and people have to sort of realize that some of the cost with, you know, having a, you know, democracy and having, you know, an open uh, forum mm-hmm. uh, will always be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh People will want to listen to what politicians have to, you know, that option has to be available. Mm. And, you know, uh, coffee and food does cost. We will not get away with all of that. But, I mean, I think it's... um, But it can be more effective and and, it doesn't have to take such a long time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the costs are one thing and it's also just, I I think, just the productivity of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, know, we we don't often get people coming in and listening in. And I would like that. I would like, you know, Mm. for the meetings to be that people just, you know, could really tune in and, and see what it is we're talking about. And mm-hmm. and there are things that, that could help, and shorting them is, is one of them. And what about the idea of starting the meetings earlier as well, so that people can be home in time for Well, mm-hmm. th- that's a fine idea, but, you know, uh, it has to be accompanied with at least a sort of... Uh, you know, discussion about ending them early as well. I mean, because currently we are not timed. I mean, we just people can come up and, and speak as long as they wish. So, you know, I would love the meetings to start at 12 and be done by 6. But, you know, there's always a danger that they start by 12 and they will end at exactly the same uh, same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So so that's because as we don't have very strict time controls in um 
you know, in the city council compared to, sort of, let's say, other examples that in other other cities. But I mean, to be honest, it's not only about time control; it's also just about the culture. I mean, and are Reykjavik city councillors are they talking in greater detail and more depth, and therefore getting to the heart of the problem better because they've got longer to do it, or is it, in your opinion, no different? Um, I think that you could get a. Uh, I mean, uh, sometimes they do. But sometimes they just, you know, want to present the, you know, opinion of their party. And I think that you can do it, uh, you know, you can do it without much preparation in 20 minutes. And you can also do it in five minutes, but that, you know, forces you to prepare uh, a bit more. So I, th- I think that, um, you know, it's, it's I, I'm not, I would not necessarily agree that if you would cut down the time that you would get less uh, detail. You would just uh, get people to prepare a bit more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I don't have any other questions on that topic. We could move on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Where to? Mm-hmm. I know both of you have got one of the topics each that you would like to talk about. So maybe we'll go with the Hollywood. The Hollywood story. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a light one, but uh-huh. it's also it's also a kind of serious one. The mm-hmm. the. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce in Hollywood, Los Angeles, is angry with Havnevier and they've forced them to dig up Björgvin Haldorsson's star mm-hmm. from the pavement. Yeah. I mean, this is... I mean, the cost involved is certainly there is some money involved. Mm-hmm. Did they not predict this possibly beforehand? No, probably not. No. <laughs> but this is, yeah, this is a deliciously corny news item. It is. Yeah. It is. It's and and it reflects sort of a, a very um, a naive uh, view on on copyright uh, issues, you know. Uh, but yeah, it, this is corny from both sides, really, because the Walk of Fame is is yeah. Um, so famous. Yeah, it's very famous. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this is always an issue of of money, and and you know, to get a star on the Walk of Fame, you need to uh, not only get recommendations for for uh, people involved in the business, you also need to pay money to get onto the street. So yeah, really, yeah, and it's 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 a pretty high amount per star. It's it's I think forty thousand dollars or something. So is, when they're all there being unveiled, going, oh, I'm so honoured. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's not an issue of honour. It's just you need to, know, yeah, you need to be famous enough, and you need to know the right people or have people that actually want you to have a star in on the Walk of Fame, mm. and somebody must be willing to, yeah, shelf up the the money and and forty thousand dollars per star. Uh, a part of that goes into maintenance of each star and and. Um, and stars can be high maintenance. We all know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have to take an account. You know, if you if you get unpopular at a certain time, that your star will be damaged, as as uh, yeah, uh, Donald Trump has <laughs> had mm. to face. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's sort of yeah, the the, the city council of, of yeah, or something. Yeah, um, they mustn't have thought this thing quite through but it but it must be yeah it's 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 not something that you expect that that a tiny star somewhere mm, <laughs> at the draw attention yeah <laughs> in iceland <laughs> that's sort of what i interested me is just uh, do you know if this is like an international phenomenon have they just did they just hold like a board meeting and decided guys <laughs> for like you know december 2019 yeah. our theme is going after small cities around the world with stars well, <laughs> how, <laughs> how many small cities around the world have 
have copied the Walk of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I would see. I would think that there were plenty. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that would be my first guess. It seems like a you know perfectly cute idea for somebody mm-hmm. to copy. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah. But then maybe they. Maybe all the other people that came up with this cute idea thought, oh, actually, maybe it's a copyright infringement. We won't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I'm just wondering who who was the whistleblower. <laughs> Somebody must have known about you know the, that that they were going to put the star in in honor of Björn Halldorsson. Uh, but yeah. but how on earth did the the, <laughs> the Walk of Fame uh, board <laughs> get get weather of this? Um, so yeah, it, 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 this raises a lot of questions. Um, but um, yeah, so are we going after the snitch now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who did this? But this this reminded me of a, a similar issue. Uh, there was a restaurant on Leover, on were uh, in downtown Reykjavik, which was called Santa Maria, mm. uh, and it was very popular a few years back, and eight years. Yeah, five or eight years ago, or something, or even longer. Um, and it, 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 yeah, it, this was an authentic Mexican uh, cuisine uh, restaurant, and um, somebody uh, alerted uh, the Santa Maria uh, you seasoning know, brand. The seasoning brand. They make salsa, and uh, and, and it's mm-hmm. the only one of the few. Uh, uh, Mexican cuisine brands that that's available here in Iceland, and yeah, they had a this restaurant got a cease and desist order or something like that, <laughs> so they couldn't yeah. couldn't uh, carry the name any longer. Mm. Um, and then there was also Santa. Uh, no, wait, what was it? There, there's Santa no, uh, Claus. Uh, no, no, <laughs> there was another restaurant. Um, uh, talking about sushi samba. Sushi samba. Yeah, yeah. they had to change sushi their samba. name also. So yeah. Um, this is always a funny, funny, funny issue. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but I think and, and it, intellectual property rights. You, you yeah, know, you, you get it. It's, mm-hmm. it's understandable. Yeah, and, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think I think Icelanders sometimes have a bit of a provincial view on on yeah intellectual property laws, and 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 they sort of don't think things always through that there could be uh, yeah. Yeah, issues down the road, and but at the same time offended if they aren't. Like, yeah. like we are a real country, <laughs> as opposed to oh, it's just little old Iceland. Yeah, yeah it's that, that is yeah. a bit of a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I must say I, I took sides with Santa Maria, the restaurant yeah. in that one. I just yeah. I really didn't, you know. B- Think how that mix-up could be a real thing no, that it was. I was no. thinking that you know, it's a Catholic saint or something. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's kind of yeah. It's, I I I wasn't under impression that anybody thought that you know the the seasoning company had opened a small little branch <laughs> on Skola over the Stigur just to you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> boost their sales. Sick a team of lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I'm, you know, law is law. Yeah. Right, do Alex. As as we are running out of time and we have naturally moved from Hafnafjörður to downtown Reykjavik. Let's talk about Hlemmur. Mm-hmm. It's quite an exciting, bold plan there. Because uh, mm-hmm. currently, everyone acknowledges that the traffic around there and the walking around is mm-hmm. quite unpleasant, yeah. even though the food hall is yeah, great. Yeah, thing. but the traffic is, yeah. To put uh, so, 
in, in, in broad terms, what is the plan to get rid of the cars? Yeah, I mean, the plan is, uh, it, it, it's sort of, I mean, describing things visually in a radio is always a challenge. But, you know, the thing is that the, the place where the, currently the street goes down, sort of the Lugarville Street, that would just be a square, essentially. And there's a small street next to that, mm-hmm. you know, to the right, if you stand and look down, mm. which is just, you know, pretty pretty small street, really. And that uh, there, the you know, the buses will run and because there will still be a bus hub. And so we so we get a plenty you know new space both the parking lots next to Jorgensen and the street mm-hmm. will turn into a public square mm-hmm. which is you know super exciting and um, you know when I was a kid I you know I used to sort of practice uh, judo in there somewhere in Einholt and mm-hmm. you know this was to be such a different area I mean my father just told me to take the bus number five and then sort of run for my yeah. life yeah. you know it up, sort of up the hill plan. because yeah. it was really you know yeah. not a great place to be and mm-hmm. now I think you can count 70 restaurants just around the mm-hmm. you know Klemmer mm-hmm. things so yeah. it's 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 very exciting yeah. but you know just a funny funny note in a way by doing this we're getting rid of the last remnants of you know the left hand drive in Iceland because the if you think of it you know the whole Hlemmer area is a total mess when it comes mm-hmm. to traffic yeah. you're always facing cars you know when you're going across mm-hmm. the you know the, the the intersection there are cars coming in front of you mm-hmm. and that's sort of because um this used to be a left hand drive place mm-hmm. and when they changed they decided to keep the traffic the same because what they got in turn that the bus is sort of you can now get out of the bus in the middle because that you know the you know the the, the passenger's exit is obviously on the right. Mm. So if the bus drives on the left, you can get out and you can create a little yeah. nice square. Yeah. So we're getting rid of the last remnants of, of the left-hand drive, but uh, I'll probably write a you know, cute little eulogy about it, but you know, <laughs> I think the overall change is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. I'm very excited to see this you know, come to fruition. Yeah, um, yeah I, I spent a lot of time around this area when I was a kid, um, and, and it's changed quite a bit uh, in that time uh, just the past just past five years or so um, and I actually I lived very close by um, for a few for two years or something and yeah I, I I'm a big uh, supporter of, of where humans if, if humans are supposed to feel welcome and mm-hmm. and, and well in an area uh, cars must uh, feel equally uh, as um, Uh, uncomfortable (laughs) so yeah part of the reason why it's such a nightmare around there today is because it's so busy yeah so where are all those cars going to go well interesting enough uh, we have had uh, you know measurements about uh, the traffic there and it's it's I think just you know at least 70% of the traffic there is is pedestrian so it's one of the busiest pedestrians traffics I mean the cars usually uh, where people remove cars they just sort of get removed that's sort of the the interesting idea they don't you know get stuck somewhere else you know people will just realize that you know it's if they're going to go to that area they will have to use alternative mode of transport so they will just yeah. do that yeah. so that's where the cars will go they will just stay at the parking lots home yeah. with their owners yeah. uh, a, a sane person doesn't go to Lember in, in search of a parking spot <laughs> just yeah uh, you know living in the city you know that it's just it's not worth it uh, there are um, um, parking garages you know the, the yeah uh, all around this area mm-hmm. and and I don't think it's an issue the plan is, is would would see the number of parking spaces go down by 80. Yeah, um, which in the grand scheme of things, maybe not that many. 
Yeah, I mean, the the amount of parking spaces downtown has been increasing. That's part of. I mean, we have, I think, you know, under Harpa there are what you know there are a couple of thousand of them now. It's mm. it's it's a huge number. So on, on the on on average, we are you know not sort of fighting the car as hard uh, as furiously as some of they would say or think. Mm. But um, I think that in a place like this, I you know, uh, it's just much better to get people mm-hmm. give people the space to walk and. Yeah. Enjoy the sales rather yeah. than use it for, mm-hmm. you know, something as benign as yeah. traffic. Yeah, there's no shortage of, of parking spaces uh, and better options than parking in the street mm-hmm. in, in downtown Reykjavik. You know, you have these these uh, yeah uh, parking garages, uh, houses uh, all around, and and yeah. And of course, this is a, was part of our big you know politics in Reykjavik to sort of I mean we are planning to make the entire leg of our street a pedestrian street as well. That thing will sort of come, uh, you know, uh, become a reality in the uh, next two years. So then you might be able to walk from Lemur to Ingolstork yeah. without encountering any cars. Is um, that... Well, uh, for now, we have to leave up the small bit uh, between Snorabrit and Barastur because there's a, you know, a, a garage there. Mm. And uh, so people have to be, be able to get into that. But I mean, uh, you know, in uh, let's say, you know, in the future, you know, what I think that that would be an exciting idea. But uh, at least now we'll get Clemmer and then we'll get the part from Barastur and, and 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 further down. Mm-hmm. Exciting times. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, plenty to talk about today. Um, but we are actually out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do look out for the special broadcast tomorrow called The Week in Iceland at the Library, in which a small audience will discuss the issues raised in this very program. If you would like to take part and we'll be able to get to the Kringland Library in Reykjavik for five o'clock this afternoon, then registration is still open through the English language pages of the Reykjavik City Library website and also through our very own Facebook. So, as I say, the Week in Iceland at the Library will be on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, on the Roof app and as a podcast, including on Spotify, tomorrow the 10th of December. The Week in Iceland, meanwhile, will be back next Monday for the final time in 2019. The weather outside is pretty bad today and only getting worse with warnings in place for Tuesday and Wednesday, so do stay safe out there. And a massive thanks to my guests Pavel Bartoszek and David Kjartan Gestson. Thanks too to Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. Now, this week's piece of Icelandica is the brand new Christmas song Yetharv Engangjöviaur, which means I don't need any presents this year, by Valdemar one of Iceland's most recognisable and best-loved indie rock bands, named after the lead singer Valdemar Gvinnason. Bye for now. Man
se întâmplă nimeni O chemera Dolit în frest Ischil de vârșt Se împară așa năstâmp O găngra mei I bila mea Ele ca o frate mei Înțin de-am grau Că e vindet Trat virera Trau vet ești amă-n fa Trau cu o mai eu 